The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know, and you have seen my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. If these walls could speak, I would begin with this question. How did Holy Trinity come out of the 1918 great influenza pandemic? Because in May 1919, Holy Trinity went forward with a new building fund to construct a church at this site. The tagline on the poster, $30,000 in eight days. No better investment than in a city's churches. If these walls could talk, it's also the name of a TV series that ran for many years. Historic houses across America were visited to discover the fascinating secrets, the surprising finds, the rich legends hidden within the walls. If These Walls Could Speak is also the name of a popular song with these lyrics. If these old walls could speak of things they remember well, stories and faces dearly held. If these walls could speak, I would have more questions. Like, what year is this picture taken outside our building? <laughs> the only clue is the cars. And we'll have a contest upstairs at the brunch to let some of you guess the date. And if these walls could speak, I bet that they would remind us how Holy Trinity has been, in, has been aligned with, surprise, baseball since its inception. When the congregation couldn't afford its mortgage at the beautiful old structure near LaSalle and Division, now LaSalle Street Church, emerged with St. Mark Lutheran, located at Clark and Addison. I think you know what's there now. 
because we live in the shadow of Wrigley Field. We'll never forget the 2016 World Series, the blue and red shrine at the back of the church, a Reformation Sunday in late October where I put a blue stole over my red one. Never done since. <laughs> in honor of the Cubs. And these walls would remind us that our connection with seminarians goes back much further than the past 25 years when we have mentored 48 seminarians and had another 10 of our members go to seminary. As one Chicago Tribune story put it a decade ago on the 100th anniversary of Wrigley, before there was a Wrigley, there was a seminary. The article said that before the block that bounded Clark, Addison, Waveland, and Sheffield was a ballpark. The article said it was God's country. Chicago Lutheran Seminary opened in 1891. The site was sold in 1910 to build Wiegum Park, which later was renamed Wrigley Field. The quiet area around the seminary back then, our neighborhood, right, was soon surrounded by coal and lumber yards. And the young seminarians complained of the coal yards, and I quote, smoke, dust, grime, soot, dirt, foul gases, railroading by night and day, whistles, ding-donging of bells, late and early and in between times, the unsanctified, it sounds like the music man, doesn't it? The unsanctified men in charge sending the unsterilized particles, odors, and speech into the homes and eyes and ears of the seminary habitats. So they relocated to Maywood and later merged with other seminaries in the 1960s to form the Lutheran School of Theology in Hyde Park. But back to this building, dedicated May 6th, 1923. The cornerstone laid in September 1922. Our reading from 1 Peter invites us to come to Christ, the living stone, the cornerstone, once rejected, now the foundation of our faith. We are now living stones, built into a spiritual house, not to dwell here forever, not to put up a tent and stay overnight, even though Dorothy Clefstad used to do that 30 years ago when she would stay in the city. That gets me off my text. But we're not sent to dwell here, but sent out with a mission to declare the mighty acts of God, to share our faith in word and deed, and to work for justice and peace in all the earth. So if these walls could listen, and maybe they can. We would speak of our gratitude for our forebears who built this church, who established this community, who bore witness to a faith that sustained them throughout their lives. For if these walls could talk, they and we would thank Norm 
and all the others who lovingly cared for the grounds, the lawn, every nook and cranny. How lovely is your dwelling place. We just sang in Psalm 84, one day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. If these walls could speak, they would echo back to us all the music, all the singing in this sanctuary for a hundred years. Singing even amid personal loss, singing amid the tragedies that our country lived through these past a hundred years. As King Solomon dedicated a temple much larger, much grander, much more expensive than this, dedicated that temple as a dwelling place for the Lord, he declared that even heaven and earth cannot contain the Holy One. And though we need sacred spaces like this for ritual and for song, to mark life passages and to pray for the world, we come to this holy place that our eyes may be opened to see the presence of God in all of life, in every place, in every person. So if these walls could speak, they would tell us of all who have come here seeking solace and peace. They would tell of all the baptisms and the confirmations, the weddings, the funerals held here. They would speak of the burdens and the struggles that people carried, their doubts, their troubled marriages, their financial hardships. They would speak of the gratitude expressed here also for the blessings of God all those who gathered Sunday after Sunday to receive the body and blood of Christ and thus taste forgiveness and grace. And if these walls could talk, they would tell of all the changes in this Lakeview neighborhood over these years. Migration to the suburbs in the 1980s, then a resurgence of new life, I'm sorry, in the 1960s, then a resurgence of new life in the 80s. And they would tell of this congregation's bold and radical step in 1990 to welcome lesbians and gays, not only as members, but into every aspect of leadership in this congregation. And if these walls could speak, they would tell of the rapid growth in the 2000s, the welcome presence of young adults, Holy Trinity becoming more diverse by welcoming straight people. <laughs> and eventually, a burgeoning number of babies and children And if these walls could speak, they would tell of Holy Trinity sponsoring refugees and then taking another bold step in making anti-racism an integral part of its mission leading to our current discernment on how we might repair and heal the wounds of racism in our church and in our country through the spiritual act of reparations. If these walls could talk, 
They would tell how this vibrant, remarkable congregation has been a spiritual home for hundreds and hundreds of people in the past decades, most of them at a transient time of their lives, and many of them gone, now living in other places. How we need a, pl a place to belong in our gospel, Jesus tells his followers that though he is going away, he is preparing a place for them in his Father's house. So the Spirit of Christ now dwells in our bodies. And if these walls could speak, they would recite the thousands of sermons preached here, inviting people to come to Christ, the way, the truth, the life, Christ, our cornerstone, Christ from whom our mission, our purpose, our calling flow forth. Last Sunday, last Sunday night, a group of us watched the Oscar-winning movie, Coda. We recommend it. Ruby grows up in a family where her parents and her brother are deaf. Ruby's family tries to support her when she discovers her love for singing, but of course they can't hear her songs. At one of her choir concerts, the sound cuts out in the movie. And we see Ruby's family looking around at everybody else, responding, taking in, bobbing to the music. Following the concert, her father Frank asked Ruby to perform her choir solo for him. He wants to understand her passion and what he missed at the performance. Delicately, Frank places his hands on Ruby's throat to feel the vibrations of her vocal cords as she sings. His serious, curious focus changes to one of awe at the power his fingers register in the vocal vibrations. What if we could feel the vibration in these walls from the past 100 years, from the organ, from the exuberant Lutheran singing, from the vibrant energy that makes of us community? Dear Holy Trinity community, these walls are speaking. These walls are vibrating this day. You are part of something much bigger than yourself, much more than bricks and stones and mortar. You are God's dwelling place. You are the very body of Christ, nourished here in word and sacrament, music and silence and then sent to be living stones, alive with the grace and mercy you have received. So listen. 
Listen to the walls. Feel the vibrations. Listen to the spirit of our ancestors. And then with newfound faith, with gratitude, with confidence, and with hope, rise. Rise to face a future yet unrevealed, yet to be revealed. Amen.